0: Welcome back to the Northeast Newscast. On this week's episode, we're discussing the Gathering Table at 5001 Independence Avenue. Pastor Ann Runquist shares how she got into ministry, the mission her church has to fill the gaps for Northeast Kansas City, and the fellowship that's shared around their tables. Runquist describes herself as the luckiest pastor in the country, and her work is far from over. Everyone is welcome at their services, and help is available to anyone. For more information on the Gathering Table, visit GatheringTableKC.org and thanks for joining us. I know there's been some confusion about the name. So the church is Children's Memorial Lutheran Church, no?
1: No. Five years ago, we realized that we did not meet the qualifications of actually being a church, and so we were at risk of of losing our 501c3 status. And so... Through the Lutheran church, they have another avenue called a synodically authorized worshiping community. And we met all of that criteria. Now, nobody really knows the difference that comes there. And uh, people, <laughs> we're a church, we have worship and other functions that a church would have, but um, we're a worshiping community. Okay. And, Lu- and it's Lutheran. Sure. Okay. Great. So what's the official name now? It is Gathering Table. Okay. Cool. And there was confusion with our name. I mean, we've been there almost 140 years. And there was this confusion. What, why is the name Children's in this? And then some people thought it was a Memorial. It was something about children who had died. Actually, it was because children uh, sent in pennies to start the church okay and so then they just named it children's memorial but we changed the name to gathering table because we gather at tables all over the church so that's pretty cool
0: and um has it been in the same location on the avenue for 140
1: years uh, the first couple of years it was in a pool hall on the avenue okay. and um, they didn't think anybody would come there was a pastor downtown kansas city at a lutheran church and they told him, now, you just get down there on the avenue and um, start a church in addition to everything else you're doing. And they <laughs> thought, eh, that'll last about two weeks. And uh, so he, he ran it a pool hall and um, that didn't last long. And then they built a church and then they subsequently built another one. The one that we're in now was built in, I think it was 1908.
0: Okay. Wow. I've never been inside your building. Give us kind of a picture of what it looks like when you walk in.
1: Okay. So there's the old part and the new part. Um, So most everybody walks in the new part. I mean, that's just kind of where the doors are. And so there is a, um, like a fellowship hall, a small fellowship hall, which all during the pandemic, we didn't close. So that was, that was Command Central, the Fellowship hall Upstairs. And then we have a big, beautiful sanctuary. And um, then we have classrooms, four classrooms. And now they are occupied by, once we were refugees. And that, I don't know if you're familiar with them, Abby, but they are a, a nonprofit organization who teaches refugees how to sew. And so they, it's a, it's not a, like a one-time class. It goes on and on, but, but they end up with their sewing machine to take home with them to keep. They end up making one quilt to be sent into the refugee center, um, one for themselves and they work. There's a job waiting for them. Wow. that's It is. It is. So they occupy the classrooms now. And we're glad that we have them there because they didn't have enough space where they had been. And I'm like, "Come on over, we've got a big place." <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, you mentioned not closing during the pandemic, which was a huge help to our community. You know, that was one of the resources that we pointed people towards if they needed help. Oh, good, good. So, share a little bit about that. You know, the mission side of your your church.
1: Well, so um, we took off one Sunday, and I believe that was Palm Sunday. And then I went over on Wednesday, and people were like, "Where were you? We, we were here. Where were you?" And I thought, uh, "I, I can't, I can't do this, and let my conscience be clear and uh, <laughs> following the way of Jesus. You know, we serve others and do for others, and and um, and I'm a called minister. So, I thought, well, they really need meals, and so we made meals and I don't mean like a sandwich. I mean we would make roast beef, mashed potatoes, gravy, you know, we make meals. And so we were just handing them out. And then word got and then so that was the first week. Second week I started handing out the meals. And sometimes it was breakfast and lunch and then a sack lunch to go. And so we didn't want anybody to go hungry because there weren't many places they could eat. So um, the second Sunday Maybe it was Saturday, whatever. I was passing out food, taking them out. And they said, Well, when are you going to tell us a Jesus story? <laughs> I said, You want a Jesus story? <laughs> and they said, That's why we come here. And I mean, some people think we're a nonprofit organization who serves meals because we serve over 10,000 meals a year now. Wow. And I cook the majority of them. So, so we, And I thought that this certainly takes away that status of being just a a feeding station. We are definitely uh, preaching and teaching and people participate in that. And so that really made a difference in, in what people really wanted and needed. And they wanted to hear the word of God and they wanted to pray and they wanted to sing And they wore their masks and it didn't matter if it was 110 degrees outside or on New Year's, I think it was that year, it was way below zero. We were out there with them. So it seems like, you know, you're really keyed into the
0: community. You know, we see you all over the place at the chamber, at different neighborhood events. Um, We showed up to Snyder's when they closed and became Fresh Market and they Uh donated all that
1: food. You were there too. I'd I'd only been, let's see, I guess I'd been there about a year. I've been there nine years now at Gathering Table. And after about a year, someone said, we'd like for you to join the Chamber of Commerce. I thought, oh, I'm so busy. I don't know how I can do one more thing. But, you know, it's hard to say no to something like that. And I was in my previous life in Salina, Kansas. I was involved in all kinds of organizations and boards. And I thought, well, yeah, I I can do that. And so. that really was a lot of, um, of piloting me forward in the community. Um, I got to know, um, oh, like, like when they were closing down the school across from us, um, we, they, we were thinking, well, we just need to do something. So we made signs and banners, and we stayed out there one Saturday holding banners, and people were honking at us and stuff saying, save Thatcher school. <laughs> and. Then it just kind of got around that that um, we're involved in in community and um, working into advocacy more than we have in the past. But primarily it's meeting gaps in people's lives um, with food, with clothing. We have more clothing than well. I just can't. We we have a lot of clothing, lots and lots. And we have um, a shower. We realized people didn't have a place to go, and we kept hearing neighbors complain they were using their hoses if they left them outside to take a shower. So we put in a shower, and that's just been wonderful. Um, So, And we have fellowship. (laughs) Excuse me. So the fellowship part to me was important because um, how how are you going to feel like you belong if you don't know people or have the chance to just visit? And so we allow plenty of time uh, at our round tables, um, like our, where we eat, we allow plenty of time for people to come in, sit while I finish up breakfast, eat together, visit together, co- go to worship together, have another meal together. And so a couple months ago I did this informal survey. And I, I and it was like, okay, one word. Who are we? And you it was like quick, you know, they couldn't tell a whole story, one word. And then it was the other questions down. But the overwhelming answer was family. We are a family. And quite honestly, they don't have family. They have been separated from their families for one reason or another. The, pro- the primary group of people who come um, I have my son here, but I don't have a big family surrounding me. And, you know, it's just like that is what we are because we have Thanksgiving together, Christmas together, Easter together, kind of like a family would. Now, the the majority of people um, do not have vehicles. Um, I'd say. Sixty to seventy percent are homeless. That doesn't mean they're all living outside, but there were men who lived outside and women, um, all winter, and um, they they count on us to be there. And so, we we don't we're not self supporting, and we never will be. My first couple of years, they said, if you can't be self supporting in two years, then you better close this church, and. I thought, well, I don't know. I'm kind of persistent and uh, (laughs) kind of like um, I I don't like to give up. And um, I finally they finally figured out that we were never going to be self-supportive, even if we had 100 people worshiping there a week. And so um, and we tailored our budget to that and we have churches and individuals that help us our our budget's only sixty five thousand a year so and it's a big building so (laughs) i tell everybody keep your coats on we can't turn the furnace over 60 and (laughs) so um it's just a it's an unusual group as far as the lutheran church goes although i use lutheran liturgy and follow a lutheran service you sure don't have to be Lutheran to attend. You don't have to be Lutheran to come to the Lord's table for Holy communion. It's just, we are for everyone. We have one man who's been going there for 30 years and he's a Baptist because I'm a Baptist and I'll always be a Baptist. Okay.
0: <laughs> Hearing about all the different facets of everything that's going on there. You know, it's not, not just worship services. It's not just feeding people, but kind of building the community around that. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's really cool to see the people who have been involved for a long time. You know, how how well do you get to know your clients, your returning, returning visitors?
1: I I know them well. That I mean what causes me to not know them as much as I want to is and I'm in that kitchen all the time. <laughs> and so I I get out between meals and I and we we don't have any money to go to the grocery store except maybe to get some hamburger buns so I mean what we have there is what we cook but through harvesters I we see was it twelve thousand pounds last year wow the food and I don't think we probably paid for paid more than 200 and that was for eggs so um you, you, you have this is an unusual ministry because you you, you don't have any money, <laughs> nothing <laughs> to work with, <laughs> but it's the most fun. I think I'm the luckiest Lutheran pastor, or maybe the luckiest pastor in the whole of the United States, because <laughs> I can't imagine being anywhere else or doing anything else.
0: So, what drew you to ministry? You know, how did you end up becoming a minister? And then, what is this what you expected from
1: that path? Um, okay, so how I became a minister um, my son died 12 years ago. And um, I was not working, I had retired. And um, I just lived in my basement and I, I just never wanted to do anything else. And um, every two weeks I'd go out and see my therapist and go to the grocery store and the library to get a huge stack of books. And um, my therapist in July said to me, let's talk about your future. I said, no, 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 there's no future. This is, this is my life forever. And um, she was insistent and I was not happy. So I left and I thought, okay, I'm going to go over to Red Cross. This was in Salina. I'll go to Red Cross and I'll get them to send me somewhere far around the world and get out of here where everybody's bugging me to get a job. (laughs) And instead I um, stopped at my church and went inside and my pastor was there. And I said, I think I'll become a pastor. Like, oh (laughs) and um within a month I was in uh Dubuque Iowa at a seminary and it was hard I mean first of all a lot of them were really young kids just out of college because you have to have a four-year degree bachelor degree before you can go to seminary and um here I was at that point 60 and um so it was um It was something. But then I thought, I don't really want to be a suburban church minister. That's not me. And so this and this and all these puzzle pieces got put together. And um, I was a a a chaplain in Maine and I loved it. And that was just for a couple months in the summer. And then I came back here and I became a chaplain in Wichita. And at Wesley, and then I got a call from the bishop's office here in Kansas City, and they wanted to know if I would um, like to try for a month, this church in the inner city. I said, oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and I fell in love with it. And um, I'm there. Wow. Yeah. And I was told I had two years basically to close it, but no, we're not (laughs) going to close.
0: (laughs) That seems like fate. I mean, how, how else could that path, you know, have materialized?
1: I I think I know God was guiding me to start healing, to face my grief, to, but, but also to to move out of the basement and and have a life again, which after something like that, it's really hard to imagine having a life again, or even smiling, or laughing, or participating, or contributing. And so, um, God God put me on the right path. And then um, years ago, I worked uh, for the state of Kansas at uh, Social and Rehabilitation Services, and so you know you're with People who have so many struggles, and so I had that experience, and then I had my own struggles in life, and so it's just a perfect match. And I, I, I understand the suffering people are in, whether it's from abusive parents when they were kids. Uh, I mean, not that mine were. I'm just saying, you know, they, they have. We all have a challenge, and because I've had such a challenge, I think that makes me, me a good fit.
0: Well, it's incredible to see, you know, you're taking that leap and kind of searching for that hope. And now people who are searching for that same hope are coming to Gathering Table, Mm -hmm. finding a family, finding the help they need. I think filling the gaps is, like you said, a huge piece of what you guys do over there.
1: It it is. And we um, I just applied for a grant from Kansas City. I think it's called Rebuild Neighborhoods. And well, first of all, our roof is leaking, and we need we need help with that. Um, our oven that I use in the kitchen is over fifty years old, oh and gosh. it works, but it's not always dependable. Sure. And um, we, I, I want to get out and be doing more ministry because I'm I'm hired for half time there, but you know I'm there. It's more than that, but but I want to be able to get out more, not be uh, bogged down with paperwork. So I'm trying to get some money someone to help me with just the paperwork overload I
0: have you know I think so it'll all work out <laughs> definitely and you know that great that grant is a great opportunity for I've heard tons of people in northeast applying for it and we have a strong community it's getting stronger but you know imagine what we could do with proper funds
1: <laughs> it, it's true and we, we the closest like like um Independence Boulevard Christian Church is about a mile and a half from us and they do a lot of great services and we drive people actually down there on Saturday if they need help and Pastor Mindy and I have started communicating and collaborating and then then, uh, Cherith Brooks is about almost two miles from us and uh, they have a shower they call it the shower house and um, but I don't know of anybody else that even has showers besides the two of us. So uh,
0: Hope faith does they're a little far down though. I mean, that would be quite a, a walk if you don't have transportation.
1: Yes, that is true. I, I keep forgetting about them because we don't, I know a lot of our people go there for services, but I, I, I need to maybe do some collaboration with them too, but I think I have the new he, director, he's
0: super nice. And he came from, um, Bishop Sullivan. He's a former priest himself. Bishop Sullivan. Thank you. I think that'd be a great connection for you guys. You have similar missions, at least. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's time to take a break to thank our sponsors. Shamika's Online Market in Delhi offering catering and nationwide shipping at Shamika'sOnline.com. Find their new deli at 16th and Swift in North Kansas City, Shamika's, where customers become friends and friends become family. From classics to campers, hot rods to hoopties, Seaberg Muffler, your exhaust headquarters since 1974. Armour Road in Burlington in North Kansas City, Missouri.
1: And now back to the newscast. So I, I mean, the way I see it is we are the neighborhood safe haven, so to speak. We are the place people gather. And um, people in our neighborhood, even if they have transportation out of the neighborhood, they don't always want to. They want to stay right there. Yeah, of course. So um
0: talking about, you know, the collaboration you do with other organizations. I, I know Christine's place recently moved in kind of across the street from you guys. How do you,
1: how do you feel about that neighbor? I I think, I think they are a great neighbor and they're going to even be a better neighbor once they get all their, their work done. Um, we, um, I have offered our food pantry because, well, during the pandemic, we opened a food pantry too, of all things. And we're helping over 32 families a week so oh it was kind of crazy <laughs> but um they they decided they wanted to have their own food pantry and we've offered uh, meals to them and some of the ladies come over and get a meal but I think they're they're um maybe protective of their clients and um so I, we haven't done anything together yet but I hope we do I've, I've tried and hope that works. We've we sent, sent clothes, clothes over. over, we've sent clothes over, we've sent coffee cups, we've sent canned goods, you know, whatever, but
0: I love to see all these, you know, specialized services, you know, they cater to people who are dealing with um human trafficking, abuse, all those things. Mm-hmm. But still, organizations like Gathering Table kind of take everyone, you know, the stragglers, the ones that don't have a specific organization catering to them.
1: Someone told me recently, we're the, um, what'd they say? The last stop. After everything else fails, we are the last stop for people. We had a man who'd been coming to us for about a year. He was not well. He um, was periodically going into the hospital. I'd say he was 40, maybe 45, probably 40-ish. And um, finally, I said, let's get you to North Kansas city hospital because they had suggested hospice at one of his visits. So he went in as a patient and they said, yes, you, you, you qualify for hospice and need to go there. Your life is very limited. So we got him moved over to the hospice part and, um, they didn't think he would live from day to day. And so, um, I, he didn't hadn't seen any of his family in over 15 years, and um, he finally gave me his sister's name, and I did some scrounging around on Facebook, and I found her, sent her a note, and long story short, his mother did come, I think it was Ohio, to be with him, and he started getting better. I said, I'm going to take you back home, and he said, okay, so... Hospice agreed, and they got him all bundled up and got him in the car. I don't think she made it much further than Columbia, and they were at the hospital, and they air they flew him to where his mother lived. That's the last we heard. And some of the guys on Facebook and the sister said he's no longer with us. And so um, I was reluctant to do a funeral though until I actually heard it, or a memorial service. And um, Sunday, just this week. I took a break i sat down at a table with someone and they said pastor ann get here now and i said just give me a couple minutes i said unless someone's dying then someone called pastor ann you need to come now and so i realized there was urgency i went and there he stood oh really and he said i realized i needed to get back here because this is my family oh, oh yeah isn't it something and um, he was helped somewhere along his path back here to get social security disability. And so he's actually rented a place. Nice. (laughs) And so, and here it's Lent and we're, we're, we're with Jesus wandering around in the wilderness and this. And I thought, wow, what a true life story of being in the wilderness and finding peace now.
0: (laughs) That's pretty cool. And to think that, you know, without you guys he wouldn't have been reunited with his family. Yeah. And then to make it back and say no this is this is where my family is. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Talk to me about your team. So you're the only employee, right? And everybody else
1: is volunteers. Well, we're kind of a ragtag bunch of people who make it happen. We we don't have a telephone at church. We don't have an organist, uh, you know, musician, we don't have a janitor. You know, we don't have a secretary. We don't have anything. Except really good people who want to participate so when someone comes in say on wednesday morning because we do breakfast wednesday morning someone will grab a broom and start sweeping and then you see someone comes in the kitchen and gets the mop bucket and it's not always the same people Uh, they 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 just kind of know what needs to be done and they don't ask for anything in return now I have a gentleman who um, has been with us all a couple months, and he started coming in the kitchen after we eat, and he's doing the dishes. And you know, if I can get rid of dishwashing, uh, <laughs> I'd rather go see Dr. Ed and get a rip canal than than do the dishes. Um, it, it's it's just people just step up, and so we don't have anything like normal church would have a um, you know someone that was going to sing a solo or a choir. We sure. It's just like whoever wants to stand up and sings, and it may be two people, it could be five. We don't care. We enjoy singing and listening to people sing. People want to read um, the the scripture on Christmas. Our service, two women who got up and read the story from Luke about Jesus' birth. They go to Christine's place, and I thought, how lucky are we to have the same? We're all the same. We're the kind of people Jesus hung out with, including me, you know. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay.
0: And I, I love what you just said about being the people that Jesus would hang out with, you know. Mm-hmm. Everybody's equal in sin. And so whether you're at the gathering table or at Christine's place uh-huh. or anywhere else along the avenue.
1: <laughs> yes. I, I tell you, we um I grew up in tiny town and everybody was a farmer and everybody was Lutheran and everybody was Swedish. So we didn't have any diversity. And well, there was one family that was Catholic. But I mean, so we got to have fish sticks on Friday at school lunch (laughs) and we loved them. So, but I mean, otherwise, you know, we all looked the same. But this is so great to be with so many different people. I have learned and grown so much being at Gathering Table and in the Northeast. I love being part of the Chamber of Commerce.
0: A lot of people are wary of church, wary of organized religion because of the judgment, you know, what's it like to be a church, you know, without that judgment?
1: Refreshing. Um, <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's what Jesus was establishing and what St. Paul was establishing back 2000 years ago was people worshiping, learning and worshiping together, praying together. And I'm guessing they probably sang together too. And it's, I feel like um, this is the, to me, this is the true meaning of church. It's not all the bells and whistles. It's not having the fanciest kitchen or um, very organized worship. It's, hey, what, what gift has God given you that you want to share with us today? And, and my sermons are not, um, they're, they're visiting with people and people interrupt and they want to talk during them. They ask questions. If I cough, someone runs and gets me a glass of water. I mean, it's, it, we're very casual and it's just, it's, it's perfect for me. I have
0: loved, I've only been back in Northeast for two years and I've loved seeing that kind of community spirit of everybody's willing to pitch in, you know, nobody gets paid enough for the stuff we do here, but it's worth it in the end because it builds a stronger community. And I see that, I see Gathering Table as part of that. And that's really cool that, that this community is so fortunate to have so many people who are willing to pitch in.
1: They, they are, they are. I, some people have been, the, the. The challenge we've had the last two years is that we only let people in if they've been vaccinated. And the people who do not wanna get vaccinated wanna come in. And um, we moved things inside right before Easter last year. So it's been a a year back inside. And and I I feel bad that I can't be inside and outside, but I think all of that is gonna lighten up pretty soon. But that doesn't mean we don't give them meals or chat Mm-hmm. Sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, especially with such a vulnerable population, I totally understand that extra layer of safety. Mm-hmm. And you know, we do our best to share Maddie Rhodes or Samuel U. Rogers when they're having vaccine events because they do a good job of informing people.
1: And that's the great thing about, like you said, about Northeast. We, I think, we understand the vul- vulnerabilities of others and ourselves. And um, we can relax and be ourselves too, without hoping that there's not a lot of judgment going on also. Well, it's a great place
0: to be. We love it here.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is. There are a number of supporters, not even all Lutheran. Others have supported us too. When we pass the plate it's oh, a dollar, maybe total people putting their pennies Mm -hmm. and and they're just really they're happy to contribute. It's something that they save for during the week. It's so they can put something in. Sometimes it's a car wash medallion <laughs> and you know, which is nice. Yeah. Oh yeah,
0: that's great. You know, it's that reminds me of all those, you know, parables of just giving what you can. You know, that's it's right. not about giving the most, it's about giving what you can. <laughs> mm-hmm. The widow who
1: gave just a little tiny bit, but it was what she had. Mm-hmm. Back several years ago, um, a lady, his husband had just died, and I, I knew who they were because they came in, they ate with us, and she, she was standing in line for lunch, and it was a really hot day, and she said, I, I need your help. I have this burden, and I want you to help me with this burden. I said, okay, and I thought it was about her husband's death, and, She handed me this little baggie. I wish I had it with me now because, and it was, had pennies in it. And she said, my burden is that I spend all my time looking on the ground for people, I can buy a cigarette, but then I get all worried that I would rather have a beer. So I need to get to a dollar. And she goes, it's become a burden and I want to break myself of it. And so she said, you take this, it's 41 cents in here and you use it to pay for the electricity at church. (laughs) Is that the nicest story? (laughs) It is.
0: So you said you provide about 10,000 meals a year, right? So how many guests visit you
1: every week? Actually, last year it was over 12,000 meals. So 200. That's a pretty good number. (laughs) Especially
0: as, you know, we saw church attendance decline during the pandemic or virtual church and all those things to have that many people showing up in person every week. For fellowship and for meals, that's really cool. I,
1: I think so too. Now, you know, like Independence Boulevard Christian Church, I mean, they have you know far more than us on Monday nights, which is great. And a lot of our people go there on Monday nights, and um, but but we scatter it out throughout the week and we plan according to when other churches are serving. So okay. nobody was serving on the days we serve, so there's no point in us you know, having two churches serving nice meals on the same day. So that collaboration is pretty cool. (laughs) I'm going to eat with us tomorrow. I'm fixing baked chicken, mashed potatoes, gravy, salad, green beans with bacon and onion and jello. That sounds great. (laughs) (laughs) What time do you serve your meals and on what day? It's after worship, and so worship is at 10: 30 on Saturday and Sunday, and we're usually out by 11:15, if not earlier. And then we have pantry after that. Oh, sure. And I'm lucky because harvesters had ground bison. Wow. And they had 400 pounds of it, and like um, spaghetti sauce and spaghetti burger helper into it. So is such good food.
0: That's great, and probably something that a lot of people in this neighborhood haven't had before. <laughs>
1: That, that's true. A- and we make sure everything that we give out is, um, is that people who don't have a can opener, which most people don't, or a stove that they can fix either over a fire or a hot plate or, and that they can open like with a flip top and pop top, sure. I guess it is. Yeah. So we kind of have a unique, a unique pantry too.
0: That's great. Um you know, to take those things into consideration, because I feel like a lot of places you go, you get handed a box with standard things. And, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you know, depending on your situation, you might not be able to use all of them. They'll go to waste. You can't eat them.
1: We let, we just have it, uh, have the food on tables and we have a great big sack. When Toys R Us closed, we ended up with like 4,000 sacks (laughs) and they're big and they're heavy. And so people just go through and like, do you want, you want some corn and you want some green beans and you want some spaghetti and, you know, they just grab or I, I put it in their bags because we don't want people touching it yet still even, you know, because of the pandemic, especially um, we're often able to get cheese and milk and eggs that we can give them. So, and I hard boil eggs a lot and just give them a, a 12 pack of hard boiled eggs. And-
0: nice. That's a great snack. What do you see for the future of gathering table?
1: Uh, You know, you're not the first person to ask me that. (laughs) And um, I am not trying to build a church intentionally where we have a hundred people coming and we have um, a lot of money coming in from them. That's not it. I, I just want to, to be there for the gaps in their lives and whether it's clothes or a shower and, oh, we have laundry too. So we have, those hey if anybody has any um washers or dryers that they're wanting to get rid of let me know if they work <laughs> yeah. um, so um I, I just want to fill in the gaps and i want to help bring peace into people's lives and i think not only because we like visiting we like hearing their stories uh they don't get listened to a lot none of us do you know <laughs> we're all busy. But um, I just want them to have a peaceful place. I want them to continue to think of us as family. I want to give them nutritious food, not just old pizza from a dumpster. You know, I just uh, um, I, I, I hate the fact that I spend a lot of time fundraising. Uh, I get to meet, meet a lot of great people and I get to preach in other churches. And oftentimes they'll, they'll give us a check, <laughs> which is nice. But Um, it's always on my mind. You know, I've got to be able to have enough money to be open next year. Yeah. So if I could get rid of that, that'd be (laughs) great. (laughs) And then I would get more into advocacy and, uh, you know, and Healing House. I'd love to work more with them too, with Bobby Joe. Oh, sure. So I'm not trying to build a kingdom or castle or (laughs) I think it's pretty pretty nice just the way it is, but we certainly want to welcome more people. And if we had a hundred coming, oh boy, what a joy that would be. That's
0: awesome. Well, thank you for sharing with me today. I love getting an insight into, you know, the different things that people are passionate about. You know, it's really an honor to get to talk to people who have found their passion and we love sharing these
1: stories. So, (laughs) and you're Abby, you are so good at this and you can tell how sincere you you are. Yeah, you are. You're very sincere. So um, thank you for that. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to visit with you today.
0: As we continue our 90-year tradition of delivering free newspapers to Northeast residents, now you can help the Northeast News continue to produce community journalism directly by joining us on Patreon at patreon.com slash KC. In exchange, we hope to offer our Patreon subscribers access to exclusive content. And thank you for listening to the Northeast Newscast. For all our episodes, articles, and more, visit northeastnews.net.